I've been asked why I started Where Is My Mind and where the idea came from. So I wanted to share a little bit more about me, my journey, before we start this podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm a 36-year-old man who, like a lot of people, struggles with their mental health. I have, like a lot of other people, struggled with it over my life. From battles with my weight, with battles about self-loathing, with battles with suicide attempts. For me, my wake-up call when my niece was born, as I call it, was my Love Actually moment. The bit in the movie where Andrew Lincoln creepily goes up to Keira Knightley with his signs and walks away then and says, this is enough. The moment my beautiful niece was born, I decided that was enough and I had to change my story. Since then, a lot of people have contributed, from family to friends to my life coach, who will be on this podcast at one point. And I'm very pleased to say this is the best I've ever felt about myself. The idea behind the podcast came from that I wanted to create a safe space where people can talk about their mental health, but also, as music is one of my great loves, I wanted to try and form a connection with those two different things. After various different Zoom calls with my good friends Johnny and Matt over lockdown three, we came up with the idea for Where Is My Mind? Music can be a great aid for us to try and manage our mental health and our different emotions. There are loads of different types of music that can give you that emotional hug when we don't have anyone there to hug us. I hope people listen to Where Is My Mind and know you're not the only one that's not feeling your best and that it's okay to sometimes feel sad. I hope people discover some new music that can support their emotions. I hope people enjoy listening to different people talk about their own experiences, feelings and of course their playlist and get some comfort and support from that. Hopefully Where Is My Mind can be a safe space for people to talk freely about how they feel with no judgement and also discover some new music along the way. Thank you and enjoy this episode, Tom. Welcome to Where Is My Mind, the podcast that talks about music and mental health. We have a different guest each week who talks us through their emotional playlist. I'm your host, Tom. The guest of episode five is James Cox. James is a singer of a band called Crows and also the co-owner of a brand and tattoo shop called Only Here For You. James talks about a mixture of things from being a musician stuck in lockdown, their musical upbringing, and talks us through their playlist picks. Hey, James, how are you? Very well, thank you. I'm really good good um now i know when this comes out this won't be obviously today um but we are as we record this on wednesday the 7th we are entering the end of i suppose lockdown in its harshest way because obviously life reopens a little bit from the 12th um how have you coped with lockdown three for yourself yeah this one's been again different to the other the others i feel this one I've been I've been in London the whole time. I've been with my partner and my cat in in our little flat. So the first one I was with my parents. Okay. And then the second one was kind of weird. But then this one I was yeah. it was like deep dark winter lockdown. But it's actually been fairly nice. Like I had Christmas without my family the first time ever, and like it was just me and my partner, and my cat, <laughs> and that was actually kind of really nice. Like both of us had a really good time. Got really drunk. <laughs> ate loads of really good food. <laughs> uh, nice. I've been I've been painting a lot. Um, yeah, it's been all right. I've got, I've nice. got through it. I've got through it. <laughs> Good. Um, and you obviously mentioned uh, painting. What kind of style of painting have you been doing? Uh, well, I, I'm, 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 I'm starting a tattoo studio, which I'll, which we'll probably talk about in in a mm. bit. But um, one of the tattoo artists here, the guy called La Pata Negra, he's an amazing painter, obviously, and what we want to eventually do is do painting classes at the shop, like like evening classes. Oh, sweet. When, we, when the tattoo studio isn't, isn't, doesn't have people tattooing. And um, so he does this amazing flash artwork that you can find through our, our Instagrams and everything. But so he, he started teaching me how to do that. It's like a practice for him teaching how to paint. So I started painting like, like tattoo flash art, which I really liked doing. And then that kind of got me in the, got back into the rhythm of painting. And then for some reason, all I wanted to do is these weird space motifs of space frogs in these really weird, like, <laughs> otherworldly situations. Yeah. But like, like frogs in spacesuits on, like, different planets. So I, I, I weirdly did, like, like, nine different paintings of these frogs in space. How amazing. <laughs> Would you ever look to sell your art, or is it just for you as a... I don't know. No, I think it, it was, it's literally just been for me. If I do sell them, it'll be for, it'll be for not a lot of money and... and 
maybe like for a charity thing, but no, like I, again, people, some people take years and years and years to be able to sell their art as artists. So I don't want, I don't want to feel that I can just sell, <laughs> sell my art because I play in a band or whatever. I don't think that's, that's a good testament to artists. So yeah. It's definitely just like, it's definitely just been like a boredom thing for me to, to get through lockdown. But um, I don't know. I mean, I might put them up and see what people think. And yeah. Um, and I mean, I was going to kind of ask this a little bit later, but have you found this to be a good release for you? Because obviously I'd imagine that I can't sing and not in a band. Uh, singing is how you get your release, you know, when you go out and play live and not yeah. being able to, I know you guys have done some live streams, but not getting that reaction of the crowd. Has painting been a good way for you to get that release during this lockdown? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll totally agree. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the same, but it's definitely, so with, with painting, I find like, I can paint for like 12 hours straight sometimes. Like some, so, cause again, we've had this tattoo studio to come to. Mm. So I'm like, I'm, I'm slightly able to get out of the house and be somewhere else that's not my house, which has been really amazing. Come to this empty studio and just set up like a painting desk with my partner and just paint. And, and the day just goes by. It's like, you, we look at the, the clock and it's like, we've been here for like eight hours and like nothing else matters. I would just listen to music like in a full zone and it's killed like an entire day. So. That has definitely been really important to both of us and it's definitely helped a lot having just like an, another outlet and another space so we can be that's not just the house and not just focusing on fucking like Instagram. It's being off like being off our phones for that whole amount of time as well, which is, <laughs> incredible, which is incredibly good for the brain. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's different. It's, it's definitely been a, a, a relief in a lot of ways. Yeah. And how, how excited are you about like that first time getting back on a stage with people to kind of get that kind of you know re uh, connection with yeah i can't fucking wait um <laughs> i mean the, yeah those social distance ones we did in october were great it was just fucking fun to play again yeah but again like most of my fucking spiel is being able to get down off the stage be in the audience like and mm. then it's like I, that's for me that's like the most fun thing to do so yeah when we can finally get to a point where we can do that again it'll be great feeling and I know it'll be a lot of great I know it'll be an amazing feeling for everyone else like it, it will like I'm just one person but I think because the amount of people that enjoy going to see live music and especially could come enjoy going to see crows and what we're about yeah for them that'll be I, I know that'll be a really like a big a big moment so I can't oh. wait to share that moment with a lot of people yeah totally I mean as a fan I've got my ticket for the studio 1994 show and um yes I can't wait like I think I think like everyone like we've all got this we're all just going to go a bit mental with going to as many gigs as possible when we can. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we continue as we are and all these shows happen. But I was literally looking at my dice before we started and I was like, dang, like if all these shows happen, I've got so many awesome things. Like obviously uh, I saw you guys got announced for Wide Awake as well, yeah. which is rad because that's right on my doorstep. So, and that lineup, you know, the second wave, you know, yeah. that's, a, that's a really fun. That's going to be a really good day. So yeah, many yeah. bands are going to try and cram in. Um, as we've mentioned, obviously, Crows, um, how have you guys found, play, uh, and I'm kind of asking this more because I'm intrigued, how did you find doing those live stream shows, obviously just playing essentially to a camera? You know, it was fine because that, the first one we did, the Moth Club one, without the audience, just to a camera, um, it, was, it was just after the... The first lockdown was easing. It was like we were just just started to see each other again after three, four months. Um, and just to play, just to play in a venue setting with the full lights and full PA, I could just close my eyes and I felt like I was kind of in a gig anyway. So for me, it was it was fine. It was great. It's like oh, the only the only weird bits of like of of normality is when like the, I I saw just beyond the lights and I could just see that the room was empty and there was just like the camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> the camera crew and, and, yeah, like, yeah. and that's it but but I mean people have been doing that for, bands have been doing that in music studios for as far as like the old grey whistle test and all those old things so yeah it wasn't too weird it was just weird it was just great to have not having having gone from so many years of playing really loud music in really small venues to not doing that for so long and then being thrust back into a, a live PA with full lights on was really cool it was like it felt really really amazing because it felt like i'd really it, it felt like a long time since we had done that so it was really nice i'm really glad that we could have done that and they came out really well so it's it's good 
They did, and I think there's been some really, um, I think there's been some really great ones. Like our mutual friends, the guys and John, did have done some really great live streams. Um, and there's been loads, and Kerrang have done one with like the Mosh Pit that yeah. uh, I've watched as well. And um, yeah, it's, it's been good that these guys have been. And I saw Saint Pierre Snake Invasion wearing one last week or the week before as well. Um, I just, as a, obviously a music fan, it's been great to see how people have still tried to give something back to people just to try and get that get that feel somehow so to speak yeah um no, which totally. has been really great um and like you said the quality we're lucky that we're living in today's world where tech quality is of a high standard so yeah you know it's, it's not like we're but, watching it on dial up yeah if this has happened in say like 1992 see how that would have been <laughs> <laughs> yeah do it on a msn messenger um so you've mentioned obviously your tattoo studio um so tell me about that kind of, was that always something you wanted to do? Kind of run your own studio? Is that a kind of random idea that you and your friend had? Like how did the studio come about? I mean, I've always, I've always been a big fan of tattoo culture. I'm quite heavily tattooed. I've, I've got tattooed since I was like 18 years old. As soon as I could get tattooed, I, I was getting tattooed. Um, probably glad I didn't get tattooed before that because some of my ideas when I was a bit younger, I probably wouldn't like now. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. But no, I, I, yeah, I've always been a big fan of tattoo culture. And Elliot Lane, who does all of the crow's artwork, he he's been a tattoo artist for seven years now. Um, and the studio that he was an apprentice at and worked out full time, the the owner it used to be called the Lace Maker Sweatshop, and the owner Delphine she wanted to move to France to start to raise her family, like do her family there, and she didn't really want to raise a family in London. So instead of closing it, she offered it to Elliot to take over and running a tattoo studio isn't, I mean, it's it's quite a lot of work to be a full-time tattoo artist and run a studio. So he said, if I came on board as kind of like the manager and co-owner, proprietor of all the boring shit, that could leave him up, him to just tattoo and focus on that, focus on his art and give me another outlet to do whilst yeah. like I'm, I've got nothing else on really at the moment. So... Uh, yeah, and to be offered to be offered a business with not only your best friend but someone you respect so much and someone that's so talented at what they do, it was it was a no brainer. It was like yeah, it was like I I'd literally said instantly said yes. I didn't even ask have time to think about it. I was just like yes straight away. Let's do it. Amazing. And are you guys open from the twelfth of April as soon as you can, or are you guys yeah. not ready to go just yet? No, no, Monday. We've been ready to go for months. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah, we, we had, we slowly, we took it over in, like, in January, basically. We, like, slowly got it ready, slowly started painting and getting it nice and, nice and decorated. So it's finally ready to go. And yeah, we, we were ready to open the doors on Monday. Nice. And how many artists will you have working there? There are three main resident artists that work all the time, but then we have a revolving door of guest artists who come and tattoo from all over. Amazing. Um, so it's not a huge studio, it's quite small, but yeah, we've got a really, really amazing caliber of artists that come through the whole time, so Sweet. it's good. Well, we'll share the uh, links on the socials when the episode comes out as well, so amazing. people can come down. And I know obviously this is a podcast, people can't see, but I can. The studio does look <laughs> sick, so people will be <laughs> in for a treat with the eye as well when they go in. <clears throat> um, back on to you though um, kind of more on a personal level um, obviously the idea behind this podcast is talking about that emotional connection that we have with music so I suppose the simplest question is how did we James kind of form that connection with music what was your upbringing like with music what was that first band that really kind of grabbed you um, yeah a lot of music in the house when I was growing up my dad's a big my dad's a big country country western Americana fan Okay. My mum really likes like the Doors, Led Zeppelin kind of stuff. So I had like both ends of the spectrum like that. Uh, yeah, I got taken to a lot of gigs when I was younger. Uh, well, well, good things about growing up when I was younger in, in Wales is I grew up in like rural, like rural mid Wales. So like not much going on, but quite a good youth service. And this is this is how much I think a testament to a good youth service is, which is a shame because it's been it's been so demolished recently and slowly demolished over the years. I think it's a real shame because it was a real, real benefit to me growing up, especially where I, where I was from. But so our youth centre and like youth workers, they, we would, they would take minibuses to gigs. So like we would, they would pile us all into a fucking minibus and take us down to Cardiff 
or Newport or Birmingham to go and see a band that we all really wanted to go see. So it's like, oh, cool. like we were just a bunch of skaters, like little metalheads. So I think the first time, first thing, like first big gig I remember going to was Machine Head in oh, amazing in Newport University, and I was like thirteen, fucking like going down in this little little minibus with all my friends, the youth worker driving us, and it was I just remember that it, I remember crowd surfing as well, and I just remember being like this is what I love to do. It's like this is what I need to do. It's like that, and that's straight away we started a band with like my friends. I think. I think that f- the first band was called Echo Silicon. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it was just two guitars and we didn't have any, anyone who played drums. So it was literally just three of us playing two guitars and one singing. Uh, and then, yeah, just, and then we, then we just started again, making bands in our little town. Like everyone, were kind of, everyone was like, all my friends were kind of into like heavy music, which was good. So we had like a, a good, I mean, it's not, it was tiny. Like my town is like 2000 population town. So it's not very big, but we had a good crew of us who all liked heavy music, all liked skateboarding. Um, and it just meant we would put on gigs in like the scout hut and just like find someone who had a PA, like be like, here's, we'd go to the scout hut, be like, how much do you want? Can, can we rent the, the scout hut for Friday night? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like 20 quid. Like, yeah, there you go, it's 20 quid. And then we just put Amazing. on these shows, charge like three quid to get in, buy loads of, try and buy beer from somewhere. And it was, it was great. It was honestly like, a really, really fun growing up, and just made me fall in love with music and live music, especially from an, a, a, an early age. So nice. And what yeah. was that band that kind of really like grabbed you, like the one that you were really properly into? Hmm. Again, different ages, probably different bands, but I think I, <laughs> it's going to sound funny, but like one band that did have a, I was really obsessed with, and have, probably did have like a really big, a big impact on me is Slipknot. Okay, just because of like the theatrics, I know it's weird, but just because of like the theatrics and like the not the the gimmick of like the mask wearing, I was like, fuck, this is like a, a band that I'm really obsessed with and like really interested in because it's so weird and also it kind of fucking freaked everyone else out because everyone who didn't like heavy music was like, you like that fucking shouty band with, with wear all the masks and I was like, fuck yeah, it's fucking amazing <laughs> and it's like, I don't know that kind of shock value and like and like really intense, really for the time, really like out there heavy music was for me, it was just like, I was obsessed with it. And like, it really, it really, it really pushed me to like, want to make something different. And like, it's not something like, I wasn't so interested in like more classic, like heavy rock, like Led Zeppelin, all those kind of bands. It's like, for me, I was just like, I want to be, to be as extreme as I, as I possibly can. And like, yeah. So like younger days, it was fucking as heavy and heavy, heavy, heavy music. Nice. I remember talking to someone about Slipknot a few weeks ago, and they're older than me. And uh, they were, we were talking about the kind of, that kind of theatrical side, which probably, I mean, I know you could throw in people like Manson and stuff, but it was kind of had the same impact as someone like Kiss would have had when they first came out. Yeah. You know, totally. being that kind of larger than life um, yeah, kind yeah. of band. Um, I know obviously the music, you know, it's obviously a lot heavier Slipknot, but that there's more than just the music with that band. Um that, I mean, I, I grew up, I loved Kiss when I was younger, but um, I think they're probably in the same, what you were describing there about that same kind of like, you know, oh my God kind of territory. I think Kiss were probably quite comparable to that. Um, yeah, totally. In the way that they kind of presented themselves, different style of music, but still. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was a huge Slipknot fan. Well, still am, I still think they um, can write a good tune. Um, yeah. <laughs> and from a... And again, obviously, you are a frontman of this band called Crows. Um, was it always were you always going to be a frontman? Um, was there a particular frontman or front woman that kind of you you know kind of idolised that you kind of your inspiration for how you are? Mm, good question. So, well, again, one of the going back to when I was being probably more like sixteen, seventeen um, in high school, coming towards the end of high school, we, I was in like, I was in two bands. One band was called Last Chance of the Day, which was like heavy metal, like metalcore band. Loved that, like screamy, screamy metalcore. And I was the front man of that band. I just sung. And the other band was a band called The Hostages. And we were a bit more indie, like indie rock, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like the, the, the rhythm guitarist and that. Okay. And I enjoyed doing it both. But for me, it was always like, I had so much more fun Play, the, playing the music of Last Chance for Day and being like a front man, obviously, because it was just, it was just, again, a bit more shocking to be like playing like heavier music 
in mid Wales and like <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know I've always and even when I was doing like and I also play like kind of acoustic music as well and that like the I, I quite like playing alone myself loud playing like softer from my dad's side like country Americana stuff and I do enjoy the solo aspect of playing like that so um as far as like front front people go I don't know I, and again People always make the the Ian Curtis Joy Division link with Crows and myself when I perform, but it was kind of only it was only after people started making that comparison that I actually started to listen to Joy Division because I was never it never really like resonated with me. But I never really and again I do this lot. So there there are bands that everyone knows and loves and listens to that I just have never listened to. (laughs) And then when I finally do actually listen to, I'm like, oh wow, I I fucking really love this band. It's like I did it with the Doors. It's like I never listened to Doors until I was like 26, maybe, and I was like, oh, this this is what all the fuss is about. This is actually good. It was exactly (laughs) the same. It was exactly the same with Joy Division. It's like I never really started listening to Joy Division until probably we we released. uh, second EP and I was like oh yeah shit actually Joy Division is fucking amazing <laughs> um, so yeah it's, no it's weird yeah I, I, I can't even think of, of, of a front person I could say that was massive influence on me just more just more the uh, I mean well I guess it was probably like metal singers when I was growing up but and like hardcore singers but yeah I don't know I literally couldn't tell you a, a, a single one that's had like a, a proper influence too many too many (laughs) yeah and tell me about how crows formed um because obviously you know you came from wales etc did you meet the guys when you moved to london did you meet them beforehand um was we we all met studying we we were all at the university of westminster all doing various various degrees and various music degrees um and just started a band. Me and, it was me, me, me and Steve, the guitarist, actually, we, we played at uni. We played in another band before we formed Crows. Before Steve, Steve wanted to make Crows. He wanted to play guitar and do a kind of like, we, we kind of like, when we first started, we were more of like a surf punk, like okay. garage, garage rock band. And then we kind of, that was before we like made our own sound, but then we kind of progressed. We made Crows' sound. But um, and before that, me and Steve were in a two-man band called Dudezilla, <laughs> where I played guitar and sang and Steve played the drums. Okay, because it was when like two two man bands were, were still like quite fashionable. We were like, all right, yeah. let's fucking do it. Call ourselves Dudezilla. We would get really really stoned and watch Futurama and write lyrics based on Futurama episodes. <laughs> so Amazing. that was really fun. But then we did that for a while. We were like, ah, okay, let's should we let's play let's make some actual music. And that's when that's when Crow started. Nice. Uh, I mean, I'd love to watch Dudezilla, so please do a show because that sounds really fun. I know, I fucking, I can't find any. We've got, we've got a four-track demo somewhere, but um, oh, amazing! We've got a four-track demo somewhere, um, but I can't find it anywhere. It's on CD, and it wasn't MySpace, but it's been taken off MySpace now, so I can't find it. Oh, okay, <laughs> amazing. And I definitely agree with you. I think there is definitely a crow's out. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that what makes you guys stand apart in kind of today's scene is that, you know, I, I kind of compare you guys to John in a way, not because I think you're similar, but I think John sound different. You know, John have got their sounds and I think yeah, you yeah. guys do as well. And I think there's a lot of bands that sound the same. And I think it's really refreshing when there is a band like yourselves uh, who have their sounds. Was that... Was the sound that you guys have now always what you wanted it to be? Or have the band evolved and changed kind of as you guys have kind of evolved and changed? Yeah, it's definitely evolved and changed. Like I said, when we started, we were were a a surf rock band and then we kind of wanted to make like jangly, heavy music. Then that evolved when we started writing different types of music. And then basically we went, we took this trip to Wales, where I'm from again, because we wanted to have access to a studio uh, out of London, we wanted we wanted a little break from London to like really concentrate on writing music. So we yeah we took a trip to Wales and had the studio for the weekend. Got really stoned, <laughs> but we we eventually we that week we didn't write anything. We we wrote loads of ideas, but eventually the only song we actually came away with was Silver Tongues. Oh wow! And we were like, fuck, this is kind of cool. And again, that song's literally only like two notes the whole way through, but it was that sound and that like steve's like guitar we were like this is what we should sound like this is what we want to sound like uh and that really was like the turning point to start writing everything else because before that it was much more kind of black lipsy garagey 
jangly, jumpy up and downy. And we and we love playing that, but we were like, let's do something different because we can't just be yeah. another copy of like another band that's already out. So we've got to do something a little bit different. Nice. Yeah. So I love that's, that. that was the, the turning point. Nice. And I'm trying to get better at being a host of a podcast. I'm going to try and do do a good segue. So. Silver Tongues was featured on episode two, someone else's playlist. Ah. Um, so now we'll tr- try and segue into your playlist. Who is that? Who <laughs> um, is it? Uh, Tony Coldbooker, who uh, manages Green Door down in Brighton. Oh, what a legend. I fucking love yeah. that venue. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah. Oh, cool. The question, the, the kind of, as you know, obviously I give people pre-selected picks. I asked her to pick a song that best represents that venue. And ah. she picked that song. Sick, that's so cool. I love that fucking venue. Yeah, yeah, nice. No, I do as well. I'm hopefully going to go down and watch The Arms there later in the year. Nice, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So thank you for that. Um, Moving into the main bit of the podcast, which is obviously where we talk about your emotional playlist. So again, this is uh, where I've given you pre-selected kind of themes, emotions, and obviously you've picked a song and we'll talk about it, why, etc. there you have the same five that everybody has, but there's obviously one that I've tried to tailor a little bit more personal to you. Yeah. So like every good playlist, you want to start with a banger. You want to start with that song that's going to grab you from the start. So this is that happy song. So the song that you would listen to when you're feeling good, when you want to be picked up, when you're in that kind of positive mindset. Um, so before we talk about your song pick, what type of music would you listen to when you are kind of feeling in that happy way? Um, my... <sighs> Again, I'm kind of one of those weird people that I listening to sad music really cheers me up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, I, I don't need. I can't. I need to. Some. I don't know. It doesn't cheer me up. But like listening to sad music really like puts me in a much better mood a lot of okay. the time. So it's not like oh, I'm really happy and I want to listen to like a vibey, like really like jumpy happy song. It's like most yeah. time I'll probably. Listen to, Maybe not sad, but it's like a super like emotional song. Like emotional country for me brings back such like nice memories, and that like really makes me happy. But um, I just checked what I chose for that question. I actually chose, and again, I think this is because what I do is I listen to, I listen to like song like my liked playlist on Spotify is like stuff that I'll listen to like or find watching films blah 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 or anything like wherever I've heard them. Then I'll just. I'll, I'll like loop 20 songs of like the same thing that I've just all been listening to like over and over again for about a week get sick yeah. of it and not listen to it again for a while so <clears throat> that's the way I listen to music really but um and so I've chose for this one I chose uh Strange Overtones by David Byrne oh, nice. so I can't I can't remember it came up on something and I hadn't listened to it for a long time and I was like for me it's just like it's it's quite like a for me it's like a hopeful song so it's like especially like the tonality of it it gives me a real sense of like happiness and hope, especially fucking now where we're like, okay, we're finally coming out of this next lockdown. Hopefully things are gonna to start to get better eventually and the world is gonna change for the better. So for me, I'm like, like, it gives me like really like, sorry, I just did dance. I know people can't see me dancing, but it's like, it really gets me like- <laughs> It was very good. Jigging and like really like happy to, to, to be positive about the future, I guess. So nice. yeah, that's why I chose that. Sweet. and. And you mentioned, obviously, Americana, which I know at the start you mentioned was obviously music your dad listened to. Um, like, when you do listen to that style of music now, like, what kind of bands would you listen to? Like, what kind of takes you back to that mindset of kind of being younger, listening to that with your dad? Uh, in terms of that, so there's an artist called Gillian Welch. She's what I listened to growing up, loved her. Uh, Mary Black, he was a big Mary Black fan. Uh, a guy called Eric Taylor. Uh, a guy called AJ Roach. And again, so, side note, sidebar, um, <laughs> my, we had this art centre in the small town I grew up in where that my parents actually started when they moved there. Um, and it's like a, it's got like, a, it's a multi-use space for the, like the, the community uses for different things. Um, but it, one of its functions is it, it can double as a music, as a music venue, like a small music oh, cool. venue, maybe like, 40 people in it like seated um and so what my dad did is like as part of me growing up was he would get all these touring touring artists like americana country artists who who were doing a british tour and like a lot of time like they need to fill a date or they add an extra date so he would get them to come to mid wales and like pay them like fairly well but part of the thing was like they would come and like eat at our house and they would have like 
a nice like home cooked meal and like a nice place to stay. And this in this beautiful area of Wales that that they probably wouldn't have seen any any other hair in their life. And like most of them would leave going like this is probably one of the favorite gigs I've ever played on on a tour because it's so unusual and so different. Mm. To like what most touring when going to a city is like everything's like because they would always sell out because there wasn't much on. So like the gigs would always be packed, like no matter if the people had heard of them or not. And, and the artists would have a nice time. So they would eat like a nice fucking homemade beef stew for my, for my family <laughs> and, and go, I go around the Valley in the daytime. So yeah, I've got like a real fond memory of going up and being around live music, all linked to, to that and, and my parents and, and, and Midwell. So yeah. yeah. That's really cool that your parents started that. Is that still going that uh, space? Yeah. Yeah. The space is still there. The gigs aren't as frequent anymore, but, um, yeah, and it's all like volunteer run. It's all community led. Amazing. So it's yeah, it's really nice, and they do try and do as much as they can. Yeah, um, and you'll know this better than I. But it sounds very similar to how gigs in France are that I've heard. You know, friends and bands mention yeah. that you know you kind of stay at people's houses, and there's you know some of these venues are a little bit remote, so there's a much kind of nicer feel when you go to it. Um, yeah, than... totally, totally, and, and yeah, I can attest to that. That it's, it's yeah it is essentially the same thing as, as that actually yeah and i guess that's and that's probably why those those gigs are my favorite on the crow stores when we do those because it, i guess it does it does stir up some kind of nostalgia yeah yeah nice uh well i enjoyed that segue so thank you um <laughs> okay second track is inspiring which i know is quite a it's quite an open term because obviously this you know inspiring is quite a big word and can can mean a lot of different things to people but when when you do want to get inspired, whether that's to write a song, whether that's to paint, whether that's to do something else, you know, within your life, what kind of music would you go to firstly before we talk about your song pick to kind of get inspired? Um, yeah, interesting, because I guess Crows' sound is quite different to a lot of music I listen to generally on day-to-day basis. But, um, I mean, I'll just say, the pick that, the pick that I chose was a band called The Cult of Dom Keller. Okay. And it's a song called Swamp Heron. So I chose them because they, for us, were like a fucking really big influence on, on that. When, when, when we had that turning point for when we wanted to start sounding different, it's like those guys for us, we all, it was a band we all loved, like everything on the Crows loved. And it was like, we got, I'm trying to, so we got asked to play this this festival in Eindhoven in Holland called um, the Eindhoven Psych Lab, and it was like okay. for us that was like the pinnacle of cool because like we all, we loved really loved like the neo psych scene and like even though we didn't we don't really play that kind of music we were like obsessed with it and like we wanted part of it so much because we loved all that music, um, like Folkazoid, all those kind of bands, Nod. Uh, but yeah, Cult of Don Keller was like, for us, we were like, fuck, they are the coolest band. It's like, I want to sound like that. That's like a, such a big influence on us. And I still listen to them. We still listen to them like all the time now. They're still recent music. They're fucking great bands. So everyone should listen to them. <clears throat> but for me, like that's like, a, they were such a big influence on, on Crows when we were like a, a really integral part of our formulation of like our sound. Amazing. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, really, I fucking love that band. So everyone... Who doesn't know that band should listen to them? Really I mean, cool. I don't know that band, so, so um, <laughs> I will immediately go and listen to this band. Um, have you ever got to play with them? As you, you know, it sounds like they were quite influenced for Crows. Mm, we we played a festival with them, I think, a long time ago. But um, I think they are fans of Crows, which is nice because they've that's cool. Yeah, they've like tweeted us before, and I went to go see them last time they played at Shackwell, and I I went up to the, the guitarist and I was like, I just want to say. Like you have been, I said this. I was like, you're like a bit of massive influence on us as a band. The Crows. He was like, I fucking love your band. I was like, ah, it's so good. So yeah, it's like, yeah, it's always nice when when that happens. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Three sixty kind of, yeah. you know, full circle. I really like that. Uh, great. Well, uh, I'm going to listen to that song the moment this is finished. So great. Uh, okay, track three. Uh, this is the one that's obviously tailored to you. So different than everyone else. So the kind of way I phrased it was the song that you've written doesn't have to be a crow song um, that has the kind of the most meaningful co- uh, connection to you. Um, so again, before we talk about the song pick, or you might want to start um, when you you know when you write lyrics and etc. Like how 
are they usually do you go a little bit more abstract and they're not really about you or you know do you write songs that are quite you know uh, you know uh, that kind of have that connection to yourself uh it never yeah i used to i used to just write about i used to write quite abstractly about stuff that was happening in my life or combined with lots of weird research about about whatever I was kind of obsessed with at the time, so whatever like weird dark occult thing I was into or whatever like true crime thing I was reading, blah, 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 combined with stuff that was happening in my life, whether it was about friends or friends' relationships or or anything. So a lot of time that's what I would write about. But then more recently, I have been writing more about myself and my own personal experience and my own personal relationships and everything in my life because... Yeah, I think it is it is therapeutic, but then it does add an extra thing. So there's there's two tracks. There's there's one called the Healing, which is off the record that's going to come out at the end of the year. Okay, which it, for me is really uh, it really hits a lot of points because it's directly about my life and and me and my partner and everything that's like stuff that's happened in my life. And then the other one, which was which is the actual pick I chose, was was Empyrean off Silver Tongues, which I think is like the third or fourth track. Um, but for me, I'm like super proud of that song. I'm proud of the lyrics in that song, and I'm proud of this the structure of that song. But the lyrics, especially because I wrote them after I read Dante's Inferno. So I read, like all three books, like Paradise, fucking yeah. I just got really obsessed with like the 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 whole thing, and it's, and it's not not an easy series of books to read, mm. <laughs> especially me. Like I'm quite heavily dyslexic, so it's like. But I got through it all and remember just being like, had this fucking like rush of like, of, of inspiration to write. And it, but I, so I completely tied it into uh, everything I was feeling at the time, my relationship at the time and, and made this, and it kind of just, it wrote itself in this big, like, cause it, it wrote it like a, like a cadenza, like a poem. And then it fit to the music of the Imperium that we were writing at the time so well that it just like snapped into place. And I was really, really, mm. and it was just one of those ones that just happens like that. And I was, I was really, yeah, really happy with that. So yeah, I choose Imperium for, for that. Cause, nice. And it's one of the songs that like, I get really emotional when I sing it live so much to the point where like I well up in my chest and like in my stomach and that feeling of like, of that feeling of high emotion when you sing something is like, you know, it's like a good one when you get that feeling. So I get that with Imperial and I get it with that new song, Healing, because... Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. Sometimes it is quite hard to sing. Like, even, even like, even fucking rehearsing, like, I'm giving it my all. It, it, it's so emotional inside, and it's, yeah, I get, I get really welled up. It's it's really cool. It's such a powerful feeling. Yeah. I, was, I was literally about to ask that. So, with obviously this new song, obviously, that you haven't played your live, live yet, would you get... Would you get nervous about playing in life? Obviously, you're burying your soul in a way and kind of opening yourself up for people to know more about you on a personal level. Um, do you quite enjoy nah, that? I, no? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, it's like, because yeah. I wrote it for a reason. I wrote it to play it and, and I wrote it and I'm so proud of, of it that it really, I, I, we actually played it, that, the socially distant one in, in Halloween Okay. And that's the first time we played live to an audience. Like we played it in live streams as well, but the audience aspect of it, because again, I, I just close my eyes and go into my own thing and, and, it, and it's me and then I kind of open my eyes at the end of it. I'm like, ah, yeah, there's, there's people here. Um, but hopefully they can just see how, they, hopefully they can see how emotional it is for me as well. And like to share that with, with someone else is, is a nice thing. So yeah, nice. no, I really like that. Sweet. I really like that. Um, okay, great. So next track is when we take that kind of down moment. So again, every playlist, you can't just have consistent bangers. You have to have that moment where we kind of go down. So this is the kind of sad song. So music you listen to when you're feeling a bit blue, uh, someone described in episode one, which I've liked and continued in other episodes, is is when you need that hug uh, that -hmm. music can give you. Um, So when you are feeling, and you kind of tease this a little bit maybe with your first track, but what, what kind of music would you listen to when you are feeling you know, a little bit maybe emotional or sad or a bit down. Country music. All the time. Always. Yeah, always country music. Something, <clears throat> just something with a fucking sad melody. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. It's, yeah, it's a lot. So I, I've chosen, and I it's called Kitty Wells. 
Okay. Uh, and the song's called You Don't Hear. But it's actually, that was actually my most listened to song of, of last oh, really? year on Spotify. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad song. It's a song, about, it's a song about her partner being away drinking too much. And then when he is there, he's not there. And it's like, he, one, of the, one of the best lines in it is, your party, your party pals won't love you like I do. Um, and that's just, oh, it's just great. And just the tonality and the melody of it all is just so, so heartbreaking, but so warming as well. So whenever I'm feeling down, I say, I, I put it on, I sing along, and that's when I feel like it just fucking, nice. it just, it does cheer me up to fair. It's like, or like, cheers me up, but also gives me a sense of like, it's, it's a song I really like. Ah. <sighs> I know it's something I res- resonate with, even though it's like I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily ever been in her situation. But like, just her conviction, her conviction singing it, I, I just, I'm so in tune with, and I fucking, I love it so much that you can feel the anguish in her singing it, and that for me is like, I love that. So like, I, I can really tune in with that. So especially if I'm feeling sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I like that answer because it sounds like you're someone who embraces the emotion which I think is good because I think yeah. sometimes people, if they're feeling a bit sad, they'll kind of automatically think, oh, I have to listen to, I don't know, Less Than Jake because I need to uh, I need to feel happy where, you know, I was, I was kind of saying to someone before that, I think sometimes for you to move past an emotion, you need to embrace the emotion to kind of accept it and move on. Yes, um, definitely. And you need to kind of just let yourself feel that emotion. Um, when you do, when you are in that place where you do want to listen to, uh, kind of sad music where would you do you have a certain place that you listen to it are you someone who takes themselves off for a walk do you have a chair do you listen to it on your sofa lights down what's your what's your go-to um i guess it's wherever I, I'm, I, I like to listen to music in the headphones so whether it be if i'm going on the bus or is that like i'm with my partner most of the time so there's, there's actually not much time i get by myself apart from when i may be going to work or mm. If I'm if I'm saying I'm setting up at the shop in the morning or yeah where I, where I can listen to headphones and like if I'm cleaning maybe yeah if I'm like cleaning the house or if I'm on a bus somewhere that I'm going somewhere by myself then yeah those kind of times when I can when I can stick my headphones in stick them stick them up real loud and nice. just kind of disappear for a little bit yeah nice like that um, okay second to last one though I guess this one is the this is one it is the finale, but there is another one after. Um, so this is the song that you would play at the kind of, you know, last scene of your movie when the curtain's about to close. That kind of, you know, big song that will play us out. Um, what song would you go for for that one and why? I really, I love this question. It's such a good question because it's so broad and it could be like, yeah. oh, like, what's, what's fucking happened at the end of my life? And there's like, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to imagine scenes and like, me like walking really moodily somewhere, what's just, <laughs> but I'm like, what's just happened before that? I loved it. It was great. It like really like opened up a lot of things. And it's very difficult as well, actually. But um, what did I choose? Hang on, I need to check. Because okay. yeah, again, because then the the final question, I, I I'm torn between these two. But I think okay. I think I'm going to go with my final choice. It's like it's a guy called Chris Christopherson, and the song's called Sunday Morning Coming Down. Just because I can imagine it's like. <clears throat> I don't know, whatever it is, like, I've come out of a party or, like, we've been, we're coming off the tour and it's, like, that kind of, it's, it's a song for me that's, like, super, I'm broken, but I'm hopeful <laughs> and it's, like, I'm kind of, I'm going towards going, I'm walking somewhere to go and get into bed and, like, collapse into bed and fucking, like, sleep for ages because I'm knackered. For me, that, like, that's what this song is. It's, like, you've had a fucking rough journey, whether like you've been out all night drinking or like you've been on tour for so long or you've been doing something so like, or you've been working like so physically, and you're physically exhausted and you're like walking somewhere, walking home to be able to go take a shower, go get into bed and sleep and rest. For me, that's like what this song is. So like, I imagine that probably any film about my life is going to end up me wanting to go to bed because I'm fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that's like, yeah, I'm going to choose, yeah, Sunday morning coming down. Nice. Uh, I feel really bad that the I got to know about him because of Blade. Um, I didn't know that he was a singer, and then I remember watching Blade with my mate because he, he plays. Um, the, the yeah, he plays. Yeah, he plays. Well, hopefully, I'm getting the right person right. Uh, he's um, 
Oh, crap, what's his name? He's Blade's kind of assistant. Oh, I mean, I haven't seen Blade for years, but... I, well, hopefully I'm true. right in saying that. Uh, uh, right, uh, I'm pretty sure I am. And <laughs> then I remember, I remember saying to a friend, like, oh, like, have you seen the act? You know, have you seen Blade? And he was like, oh, yeah, he's like, the dude who plays... Uh, oh, what's the guy's name? What's the character's name? Sorry, I'm just going to have to look it up because it's annoying me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, he, uh, he's a big uh, country music singer as well. Um, ah, which I, did I did not know, know that. Fuck. Can't yeah. Blade. Blade is so good. <laughs> I need to really yeah. watch Blade now. I watched Castaway last night and I was like, oh, I forgot how sick that film is. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I love that feeling when you remind yourself. I mean, just talking about Kiss earlier, I don't know if you've ever seen a comedy called Detroit Rock City. Um, no. <laughs> it's, it's about kids who go have to go Oh, no, I have Kiss. seen it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love yeah. that movie. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, uh, sorry. I know this isn't good podcasting whilst I'm Googling, um, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. He plays uh, whis- uh, whis- uh, Whistler. Okay. And yeah, he's... Right. Uh, the person you picked. Uh, great. Back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Uh, that was a little side, side comment by myself. Um, yeah, sidebar. Um, okay. And this is the finale one. Um, so this is the honourable mention. So a song that nearly made the cut. I know you've already teased it. Um, what's your honourable mention? So, again, song I can listen to like on repeat over and over again because I love it. But also a song that's been done by quite a few people. And I think that's, it's nice because I found out, I, I found this song via the Link Ray version, which love, it's really, really fucking, it's a fucking amazing version. But then the, the version I've been listening to a lot recently and can just listen to on repeat, repeat. I'll, I will literally like finish it and start it again. Um, it's by a guy called Carl Blau, B-L-A-U. Okay. Uh, Carl, Carl with a K and it's a song called Falling Rain Falling Rain and um, yeah the Link Ray version is really nice but the Carl Blau version for me is, is much more it's much more country and a bit less Link Ray so but it's that real again pretty sad but really hopeful song for me um, and that's why I couldn't pick for the for the ending of my movie because I'm just like yeah fucking then I can imagine myself walking in the rain <laughs> looking up at the rain and I don't know I don't know why I'm in the rain but I've been in the rain nice. for some reason so um yeah Carl Blau Fall in Rain just because it's fucking beautiful it's like nine minutes long but it's the same thing oh, but I fucking I love it and, and the Link Ray version is amazing as well but um yeah for me the Carl Blau version I really love sweet uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I only know one of these songs on your playlist, which is your song. Um, so I am very excited to kind of, uh, obviously I get to listen to this playlist before anyone else. Uh, so I'm very excited to kind of put this playlist together today and have a listen because um, what, and I've said this before on the pod, what, what I really love about doing this podcast is you kind of go in and obviously you and I have never met in person, but you go in with a perception of someone because of how you know about them. So obviously I know you through your band. Yeah, 100%. And obviously you you teased us with country at the beginning, but you also teased us with Machine, Heaven, Slipknot, and Kanye to listen to. And, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed, you know, this playlist is very obviously on a kind of country Americana kind of vibe. Um, Which again is kind of, I love when people are very honest, like there's not a, there's not a cliche like I'm in a cool like punk band. I have to kind of, you know, yeah, I think, sound cool. pe- I think pe- people people are really always disappointed when they say, "Oh, well, they come up to me after a show at the merch table and I'm like, who your who your like your influences?" I'm like, oh, probably not who you think. <laughs> <laughs> I was very mad, but then it's like, "What you like? You're not like a post punk king." I'm like, really not. <laughs> I listen, I listen to all that stuff, obviously, but if like if I'm going to listen to something at home, it's it's probably not going to be what you expect. <laughs> nice. And what? Um, and last question. I'm just intrigued. When you crows are touring, and obviously you're playing music in the bus or in the car, uh, what kind of music do you guys listen to, and who who controls the music? It's usually it's normally whoever's driving. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, no, uh, yeah, and me, Sam, and Steve all share the driving, so it's kind of equal already. But hmm. usually, probably more Steve. Steve will definitely take take the orcs most of the time. And Steve, Steve's got a really good music taste, so that's fine with me. When, but when Sam normally does like the late night drives because he's he's good at doing the late night ones. Sam likes a bit soft music. Sam likes a lot of car seat headrests and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, and then yeah, when I get up and I put on country, I think everyone probably gets a bit annoyed. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they go to sleep. Yeah, no one likes it as much as I do. But um, yeah, probably Steve. And Steve, Steve, 
Steve's playlists are fucking are very good. They've always got a lot of good shit on. So I'm, I'm always listening to Steve, Steve's music. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking part and coming on the pod. It's been mega having you as a guest. And I've loved this playlist because there's so much there's so much music for me to go and uh, uh, listen to because I don't know any of these bar one. So, uh, yeah, yeah no, really I, I, really, I really enjoyed doing it. I really enjoyed because they're good questions. And, it, and again, it's a bit more interesting than just talking about crows and what crows have doing, been doing because we haven't been doing anything. <laughs> so it's, it's nice um, to have something like a bit different to talk about. It's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> and Dave just said, it's nice that I'm talking about crows. Obviously, give you the opportunity to kind of shout out what crows have got coming up, uh, doing what you didn't say you don't uh, you didn't want to do. Um, so obviously, <laughs> you guys have your gig at Studio Nine Two Nine Four in London, yeah, uh, which I believe there are still tickets for. Yeah, few um, left over July tenth. Uh, we got Wide Awake, Brockwell Park tickets still available yeah. for that. That's going to be amazing. And then yeah. new new album, and I can't give any dates or specifics yet, but yeah, hopefully, definitely by the end of the year. Sweet. We're going to be hearing some new music, so yeah. And uh, obviously, just give a quick shout out to your tattoo shop. So, what's it called? Where is it? Um, how do people get in touch? Only here for you in Hackneywick at underscore ohfy or onlyhereforyou.com. All the information is there. You'll find it all through. You'll see it through Crows's Instagram or my own personal Instagram. You'll be able to see it. So great. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Stay safe and uh, yeah, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. See you, bro. Cheers, James. Bye.